The following sermon is by Stephen Tillis, pastor of Emanuel Baptist Church in Raleigh, North Carolina. Please visit us at 2100 Noble Road in Raleigh or on the web at ebcraleigh.com. And now, here's Pastor Steve. Amen, church. Let's take our Bible, if we would, and uh, turn to the book of Psalms. Psalm 117. Pretty close to the center of your Bible. Psalm 117. Good singing today, church. Praise the Lord for His goodness and His mercy. Looking forward to this evening, 5.30, uh, Thanksgiving dinner tonight. I want to encourage you all to come and uh, be a part of that. It'll be a great time for us as a church family uh, to eat a little bit together, to fellowship, and uh, maybe to sing a few songs together, share some testimonies about how the Lord's been good to us in our lives uh, thus far this year. Psalm 117 and uh, hold on tight. This is a really long chapter, so let me read this for us. Psalm 117. I was playing around with somebody in Sunday school today, and I said, well, you know, this is one Sunday where you can be sure that the sermon will not be very long, right? Because the text is only two verses. Psalm 117. Some of you are thinking, yes, pastor, but you'll do the best you can. So, <laughs> Psalm 117, verse number 1. Praise the Lord, all nations. Laud or extol Him, all peoples. For His loving kindness is great toward us, and the truth of the faithfulness of the Lord, His trustworthiness of the Lord is everlasting. Praise the Lord. It's so short that I can read that again for us. Let's look at it again. Praise the Lord, all nations. Laud Him, all peoples. For His loving kindness is great toward us, and the truth of the Lord is everlasting. Praise the Lord. Let's go to the Lord in prayer today. Our good Father, we do come to You now, and thank You for the opportunity to be here on Your, on your day, uh, for our Bible study hour where we can fellowship and learn from Your Word. And then, Lord, to come here together to, uh, to pray, to give, and to, uh, to sing together songs that would worship and uh, adore you and praise you. Thank you, Lord, for a wonderful uh, song on the piano today, the offertory, uh, such, such notes of hope. And we thank you for your goodness and mercy. We pray now as we come to your scripture that you would teach us to be more like the Lord Jesus Christ and that you would be worshipped and adored today by your people. And we will love you and thank you. For it's in the name of Christ we pray these things. Amen. I was thinking this week as I was reading this text, and just thinking about how it begins and ends, notice there, praise the Lord, right? And then he says again, laud Him or extol or worship Him, and then speaks there about why. And then at the very end, it's if you miss the case, it comes back and says, Praise the Lord. I think the question comes to us today and says, how do you praise the Lord? 
If, if, we were to, if you were to stand up here with a microphone today, then what would you say? How do you praise? Do you praise the Lord with singing? Do you praise the Lord with your life? Do you praise the Lord with what you... What is, what is praising God, praising the Lord? What does that look like in your everyday life? And I, I think that's an important question for all of us to ask today because not only the book of Psalms, but the entire Bible itself seems to drive home a point to us that says that God is worthy to be praised and that every human being in all of the world should be praising the Lord for His goodness and His mercy and His kindness. I was thinking this week of uh, John Piper's famous book, Let the Nations Be Glad. He, he says this, he says that missions exist because worship does not. Now just think about that for a moment. The reason why we'll get on a plane Tuesday morning and fly to El Salvador and spend the next week working with children and adults and, and worship services and, and preaching and teaching the gospel of the Lord Jesus, the reason why we will do missionary work this next week is because there are people around the world who are not yet worshiping God for His goodness and His mercy and His kindness. And one day every knee will bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. And the great hope we have as believers is that unbelievers in the world will come to do that while they still have a chance freely to embrace the Lord Jesus Christ. Missions exist because worship does not. And I would simply say that in this small text before us today, if you really want to praise the Lord for His love and His faithfulness, for His loving kindness and for His trustworthiness, then we should learn to share the gospel with everyone we can because truly when we love God, we share the good news of Jesus with everybody that we possibly can. Look back down to the text today. Let me give you a little bit of context and then we'll just take it apart. I would say this, that it is the shortest psalm in the entire book of Psalms, right? It's only, uh, it's only two verses. And in fact, it is the shortest chapter in the entire Bible. Yet, uh, I was reading this week that Derek Kinder said this. He said that the faith of this chapter is great and the reach of these two verses is enormous. And I also shared with my Sunday school class today, as I listening to our teacher teach, and I said, you know, certainly the sermon won't be a long time today because it's only two verses. However, Martin Luther wrote 36 pages of commentary on these two verses alone. So, if Martin Luther could write 36 pages, we'll get out about 3 o'clock. And uh, no, I'm just messing with you. Yet Paul would use this same two verses of Scripture in the book of Romans chapter number 15 to, uh, to stop a division in the church. And you'll find that these same two verses find their fulfillment in Revelation chapter number 7 where every tribe and tongue and kindred and nation and people find themselves doing what these two verses say and that is giving glory and praise and adoration to the Lord. The psalm begins and ends with a call to praise God. Look at what it says here in verse number one. Praise the Lord. And look at the end of verse number two. It is a bookend. It is as if to say, I want you to begin this way and I want you to end this way. I want you to start your believing life and I want you to go to your dying deathbed as a Christian with this on your lips. Praise be to our Lord. 
But let's take it from the inside out. Let's work our way from the center of the scripture outward. I think the heart of the psalm gives us the reason to praise God. And then he demands of everyone in this room and every believer in the world and every person in the world to give glory and honor and praise to the only one who is worthy, King Jesus. So look with me, if you would, at the heart of the psalm, first of all, and you'd see this point today. The Lord is worthy to be praised. The Lord is worthy to be praised. Verse number one says, praise the Lord, all nations, laud him, all people. And now from the inside out, look at the beginning part of verse number two and see here that the Lord is worthy to be praised. What is it that we worship him for? What is it that we give him praise for? He says here, for his loving kindness is great toward us and the truth of the Lord is everlasting. Notice, first of all, that the Lord is worthy to be praised for His loving kindness. Your translation may say His loving kindness or His loyal love. And listen, it, 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 this is the Hebrew word hesed, and uh, it means a covenantal kind of love. And can I say to you today, we could take that apart for hours on end, but can I just say that God loves us. Amen? God loves you. God cares about you, and God loves His people, not just with any kind of love that is a fly-by-night or some sort of lust or some sort of desire, but God loves us with a covenant kind of love that is faithful and long-lasting and loyal to us. God loves His people. One of the reasons why he is worthy to be praised is because he loves us in ways that nobody else in the world can love us. And can I say this? You know, we sometimes say somebody, that person has a face that only a mama could love, right? But I want to say to you, everyone in this room and every one around the world, if we were to open up the Pandora's box of your life, if we were to look at the skeletons in your closet, if you were to pull out all the things that you have done and said, you would have to cringe and you would have to say, thanks be to God that when nobody else in the world loves me, if everybody could see who I really am, then I'd be thankful that God alone is loyal to love me with his kindness and his mercy and his grace. Even in the last week, you have said things and done things, maybe been places, maybe looked on things with your eyes and heard things with your ears, said things with your tongue, and you'd like to pull all of those back into your soul today. And I want you to know something. You may be here today and feel like you're unlovable, but you're not. God loves you. Look what it says here about His loving kindness. He says, for the loving kindness is great toward us. You might want to, if you're keeping notes, maybe dash off to the side there in your Bible where it says that His loving kindness is great toward us. You might also say that His love prevails toward us. The word great in this passage is used many times in the Old Testament for when one military army is overcoming another military army. And it says that they prevailed against the enemy. They prevailed against those who are warring against them. And isn't that amazing that the love of God is great or prevailing toward us. Do you know what that says on the inside? It says that there's many times that I'm at war with God. 
There's many times where I am fighting against God's love, where I want to go my own way and do my own thing and be my own man, and I don't want God's help, but God never fails to keep coming and keep loving and keep giving and keep being all of the loving kindness of God toward us. You might be in this room today and you've been running from God for a long time. You don't want to be saved. You live your own life and God keeps coming and keeps coming and keeps coming and keeps coming. And you say, why did that happen in my life? How did I survive that? How do I find myself at this church today? Why is it that these blessings have been in my life? What is going on in my life? I want you to know that God is beating down your door with His love. I wonder if there's not a person in this room and if you were real quiet in your own soul, you'd say, if you knew me, Pastor, you'd know that I've run away most people from my life with my personality and my actions and the things I've done and said. I want you to know that God still loves you. So, Pastor, what about, uh, what, what about how you, you've sinned the mortal sin? You, you, you've sinned the sin unto death. What about when it's too late for somebody? Let, let me tell you something. Here's what I would tell you. I don't have any idea when any of that's going to happen. And so what I do know is that if you find yourself in this church today, you're hearing the good news of Jesus Christ, God's Son, who loves you and who died for you. And if you'll lay down your weapons of warfare, God's love will prevail over your soul. Uh, There's some believers in this room today, and you're pretty thankful, aren't you? That somewhere in your life, God's prevailing, warring, powerful love broke through the walls of your pride and your arrogance and your self-centeredness until one day, in broken down tears, you turn to Jesus and let Him embrace you with the grace of Christ. I want to say to every believer in this room, there's many of us, you know, I told somebody one time, you know, the great miracle to me is not that God saved me from who I used to be, but it's that God saved me knowing what I would be like even after I became a believer. I preach, a, I preach the Bible as accountability. I preach that there is repentance. I preach that there is true judgment for those who don't turn to Christ. And I preach that God actually spanks and disciplines those of His people who are not doing right. But today, I want you to understand that the same Bible that teaches judgment and correction and, and, and God's, uh, God's power and wisdom and sovereignty is the same Bible that teaches to us His love and grace and mercy. And on this day where our church celebrates Thanksgiving a little bit in advance, I want you to know that the love of God will prevail over your soul. God loves you. I mean, you don't know who I am. You don't know what I've done. You don't know where I've been. It doesn't matter. God loves you. And His Son came into the world and lived a perfect, sinless life and went to the cross of Calvary and took into Him everything you've ever said and done and been, every thought that you've ever had that you wish you could take back. And He died for that. So that on this day, you could come to Him in faith 
and have your sins washed away and be given a new life and a new heart. The grounds for praising God today are His great, prevailing, loving kindness toward who? Toward us. Not only that, but look back here if you would. Not only for His loving kindness, but you see there in verse number 2, and the truth, or this word, uh, part of the reason why it's translated multiple ways is it's kind of hard to translate. Uh, Truth, faithfulness, trustworthiness. The idea here is not just God's truth, like the Bible is absolutely true, right? Yes, of course it is His truth, but what what this phrase really has in mind is that God is trustworthy. And so part of the reason why they would translate it truth is that the Word of God, the Bible, is trustworthy in every single aspect that it covers. But in the very character and the nature of God, He is trustworthy. You can bank on Him. Uh, He is, you know, I I told somebody this week, uh, a friend of mine, we were working through this verse, and I said, this is the antithesis of the way that we are in relationships. You know, the way we are is that we are fickle and deceiving. And the way that God is in relationships is He is loyal in His love, and He is trustworthy. He is always there for us. He will never leave you nor forsake you. God loves you with a loyal covenantal love and God is faithful and trustworthy and you can worship Him today because of those things. Amen? I was walking around just kind of praying for you all this week. Uh, One of the days in here I was thinking, Lord, how do I drive that home? And listen, there's all kinds of word studies and everything, but you know, it just kind of hit me as I was praying for you. Isn't that really what everybody in the world is looking for in a relationship? Somebody that will loyally love you and that you can bank on them. That they're trustworthy. That's what we want. We want that in our vertical relationship with our God. We want that in our horizontal relationships. What I want you to understand is that God alone is ultimately loyally loving toward us and He is trustworthy in all facets of His character. And so even if you're in the room today and you find yourself living a lifetime of broken relationships and letdowns and heartaches and being stabbed in the back and hurting today, I want you to understand that God Almighty loves you and that He's trustworthy and you can go to Him with all the things in your life. I don't know, I was on my way home and most of the time I, I listen to Christian music, but I had one of those top 40 stations on. Uh, I was on my way home and I heard a song and I was about, I was about halfway home uh, one evening and I thought, now that's it right there. Everybody in the world is looking for a relationship that has loyal love and faithfulness and trustworthiness about it. It's in every song that is out there. And I heard this song and I thought, that is exactly the way God is not toward us. And the the lyrics, now listen, don't be Googling this and don't be humming it while I'm preaching, all right? But listen, if it's meant to be, it'll be. So baby, just let it be. Y'all heard that song? If it's meant to be, it'll be. Baby, just let it be. Now, do you really, do you really want a relationship like that? Hey, 
hey, baby, let's just throw the dice. And you know what? If it's meant to work out, it will. And if not, I'll see you later. I'll go find somebody else. And you know what? When you start to uh, not have that makeup on and the morning breath gets a little bit to me, I, I, you know, it's probably not meant to be anymore. So I'm not even going to work at it. I'll just go find something better. Oh, the times got hard, right? And the money's not there. And you're rubbing nickels together and eating ramen noodle. Listen, this isn't what I signed up for. I didn't sign up for you to get sick. I didn't sign up for you to have cancer. I didn't sign up for this in my life. So I'll go somewhere else because it's not meant to be. But that's the way we live our lives. Aren't you really thankful? That God doesn't look to us and say, if it's meant to be, it'll be, so let's just see how it works out. Aren't you glad that God looked down on humanity and said, you're faltering and failing and sinful, and the only way it will ever be meant to be is if I send my Son into the world to die for you and to be raised again that you might have eternal life through faith in Him. God is worthy to be praised because He is so loyal and loving toward us and because you can trust Him always. So how do we turn that into our lives? I, I simply would just say this. Here's a couple of things you could put down as practical applications. First of all, why don't you find a way to pause long enough to remember how good God is toward you this week? I'm not going to tell you that putting up the Christmas tree before Thanksgiving is a mortal sin. But you know what I think. No, I'm just messing with I just don't want you to rush past all that's in front of you. We're thinking about Black Friday, and we're thinking about Cyber Monday, and we're thinking about Christmas, and I've already had a pumpkin spice latte today. We love this time of year. Listen, our minds are going and going and going and going. I just want to say to you this. Just pause long enough in your life to remember how good God is toward you, His loving kindness, His loyal love, and His trustworthiness. That God loved you and gave His Son for you. And to every believer in the room, that you can trust Him. You can pour your life out to Him. The deepest and the darkest secrets of your life, the, the greatest anxieties and fears that are in your soul, you can go to God and He is trustworthy. Did you, did you praise Him this week? Did you stop long enough to remember how good God has been to you? Hey, listen, and I'm not up here today speaking out of the side of my neck about things I don't know about. Of course there's been things in my life where I say, that prayer has been left unanswered. I don't know why that door wasn't open. I don't know why God didn't do it differently. Of course there's things in our life that we wish were different. But I want to say to everybody in this room, God has been good to you. So pause long enough to give Him glory for what He's done. Get alone somewhere. I don't know, maybe it's in a closet. 
Maybe it's in the bathroom somewhere. Maybe it's on a park bench. And just stop long enough to say thank you. And even if you're at the bottom of the barrel right now, why don't you just stop and say, Lord, man, I, I can't see the light at the end of the tunnel and I'm hurting and I, I don't feel in a good place right now. But here's what I know. You've died for me and loved me and saved me. You've given me a new heart and a new perspective and a new family. And there have been many things in my life where you have provided and you're trustworthy and you're loving. And for that, I give you glory and honor and praise. Would you do that this week? Paul's like that. Here's what I would say, a second application and we'll move forward. Learn to imitate Christ in your relationships. Now listen, you're never going to be perfect like Him, right? You're never going to be God. But the Bible does say, be holy even as I am holy. The Apostle Paul says, follow me in as much as I am following Christ. And Thomas Akempis' great work, The Imitation of Christ... One of the greatest things you can do in your believing Christian life is to imitate the Lord Jesus in your relationships, in your friendships, in your work relationships, in your family relationships. Imitate the Lord Jesus Christ. Be a loyal, loving person and be trustworthy and faithful and somebody that can be banked on, counted on. Imitate the Lord. Second point, we'll be finished for today. Nothing fancy here, but the second point is this. Because God has been good to us, praise the Lord. Look at verse number one again. Praise the Lord, all nations. Laud Him, old English word laud or extol or revere or worship Him, all peoples. And then he comes back at the end of verse number 2 as if you had forgotten. And he says with an exclamation point at the end, Praise the Lord. Maybe we should do something like this today. Maybe we should praise the Lord with our speech. Brothers and sisters, I say to you today, have the praise of God on your lips. If, if you are the kind of person that is, that is consciously and with great effort spending more of your time speaking the praises of God, you'll spend less time gossiping about other people and driving them into the ground and speaking ill of your enemies. What God wants us to do is spend more time praising Him. So speak the praises of God. You know what I find, and, and, and don't, be, don't, be, don't make a trifle out of these kinds of things. Don't, don't do it. Uh, uh, some people, you know, I found a good parking space at the mall. Uh, praise the Lord. No. If you found a good parking space at the, at the mall, I, I, praise God intimately. Praise God with great passion. Praise God consistently. Praise God as if He were in the room with you. Here's a hint. He is. Praise the Lord with your speech.
If you're in this room today and you're suffering from depression, I'm not trying to give you some fair weather help or some, some sort of reverse psychology. I'm just simply saying, pick up the book of Psalms and read through it out loud. And by the time you get to Psalm 150, you may not be delivered from your depression, but I assure you that the grace of God and the Spirit of God will console and help your soul. Say, I don't believe that. Why don't you try it? Speak the praise of God. We're in a culture and a society right now that speaks everything else but. So why don't you be the kind of people that speak the praise of God? Not only with your speech, but with your conduct. Praise the Lord with your conduct. Now you have to be careful here. So let me say quickly, if you don't praise God with the way that you live, but you praise God with your mouth, everybody in the world will know how hypocritical you are and you'll disgust people. So praise God with your speech, but you have to back that up by actually praising God with the way that you live your life. So you live a life that looks like Jesus, and when you do, you'll be pleasing and praising God. Jesus said this, I do always those things that please my Father. Is that the drumbeat of your soul? When you wake up every day in your interactions and what you do, what you say, where you go, that you're seeking to please God, not just with your speech, but with your conduct and your actions and the way you treat each other. Maybe I would say lastly, praise the Lord with your gospel. I say, with your gospel, with my gospel, with the gospel. And then you know, the Apostle Paul in the New Testament, he often refers to it as my gospel. Do you take ownership over the good news of Jesus Christ or is it some, some, something that you hold at arm's distance? No, we praise God with the gospel. Look back, if you would, at verse number one. Let me show you this. It says, praise the Lord, all nations. The word here is goyim. It means, uh, it can be translated Gentiles. It means all of the nations of the world. And then verse uh, the, right behind that is laud him all peoples. This is speaking mo mostly here of ethnicity. And so the, uh, the writer here is saying, all the people in the world and all the different kinds of people in the world should be praising God. You see, God came to the Jew, but He came to the Jew to give them the message for the world. And part of the problem in the New Testament is when Jesus comes, He says to the Jew, hey, I've come to the whole world, and they didn't want it to go to the whole world. And so the Bible says He came to His own, and His own received Him not. So then He gave the gospel to whoever would believe in Him. Gospel is for every nation and every people group around the world. If you want to praise God this week, share the truth of the saving grace of Jesus Christ with somebody. You see, you come in here and we praise together and we do. Part of the reason why we come to church is to give adoration and glory and worship to our God. But if all we do is speak and live 
and we never take the message of the gospel to other people, then the nations will never be glad. If you bottle it all up and you take the talent that God gave you and you bury it in the sand, what will He say when He comes to you? How faithful of a steward will you have been with what God has given you? I'll give you this, we'll, we'll close for today. The word praise in verse number one uh, it comes from a word that we get to eulogize, to eulogize. Uh, I periodically I'll do funerals and many times there'll be somebody that gives eulogy or I'll be asked to give eulogy. And, and you know, when you think about going to a funeral, many of y'all have been to a funeral service before and you've heard somebody, or maybe you have given a eulogy. You know, I can't help but thinking sometimes, sometimes people will get up and they will eulogize somebody who is deceased, somebody who has passed away. And in the back of my mind, I always think, I really hope that you said these same things to them while they were alive. As human beings, what we're prone to do is to wait until somebody dies and then give them eulogy and then say the nice things and the good things and then give them praise once they have passed away when it's too late. So a side notice to say this. Don't wait to give praise to brothers and sisters until they've passed. Tell them the good now. And here's the thing. If you wait to eulogize God, if you wait to praise God until He dies, you're going to be waiting a long time. Because God will never die. But you will. And how sad it would be to live your whole life for yourself and die in your sins and walk out into eternity and meet God face to face and to realize that you never gave the King of the universe His right eulogy, His right praise, His right worship and glory and to spend an eternity in a Christless place. Furthermore, what about believers who never share the gospel with an unbeliever and die and meet God face to face? And he says, my child, I loved you with a loyal love. I was trustworthy. I gave you my son. I redeemed you. And you never, ever, ever one time gave me praise by sharing the gospel with an unbeliever. I don't want that day to come for me, do you? I don't want it to come for you. Well, here's an idea for you. Here's a place to start. If you struggle with sharing the gospel, say, man, that's difficult. I'm not sure I can do all of that. You know what? In the rest of this month and into December, we have a number of events coming up that are already designed in the life of the church to make it easy for you. 
So we have Our Lady's Christmas dinner coming up, right? December the 7th. What an easy way to reach out to a lost lady, another lost lady uh, in your neighborhood or a co-worker or somebody like that. Say, hey, listen, we're, just, we're having dinner this night. Would you just come and hang out with me? It's a Christmas dinner. Our men having a uh, breakfast, getting ready to kind of launch our men's ministry. Uh, that's December the 8th, the next morning. Men, why don't you just invite another guy to come with you? Free breakfast, devotional, the gospel will be shared. We have our Christmas musical on the 9th. I have a good service in the morning. Of course, you know the gospel will be shared. Come back that night and listen to the gospel as it's sung through Christmas music. Every single week is an opportunity to bring somebody with you who's never heard the news before that they might receive Jesus as their Lord and Savior. And every time you take that step of faith to say, hey, would you come with me? Here's a gospel track. Here's my testimony. You give God praise. You give God praise. Five others of your co-church members here are getting ready to head out about 4.45 in the morning on Tuesday. And you know what we're going to do all week? We're going to praise God. You know how we're going to do that? We're going to do it through sharing the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ with unbelievers. Bow your heads with me and close your eyes just for a moment. So maybe you're here today and visitor, I'm not about to do anything crazy. I'm not asking you to, to, to do anything. I, I just want to say, look, if you're here, heads are bowed, eyes are closed. We want, to give you a, we want to give you a little moment, that quiet moment, that pause I was talking about, to talk with God. Just talk to Him in your own voice, in your own mind. And if you're here today, maybe a member, visitor alike, doesn't matter. And in your own heart right now, as I was preaching, you say, you know what? I have never trusted Jesus Christ alone as my Lord and Savior. And I'm ready to do that. Talk to Him right now. Say, Lord, please, I trust You. Please save me. And He will. You'll have to forget everything else, forsake everything else, and make Him the sole Lord of your life. Lord, please, I want You to be the King of my life. Save me. You pray that in childlike faith and sincerity, Christ will save you. I wonder for our brothers and sisters that are here today, did you praise God this last week? What did praise... What did praising the Lord look like for you in the last seven days? I really do hope you sang some good songs. I really do hope that you prayed. I really do hope you fellowshiped with brothers and sisters and that you'll come tonight and do all of that. And all of that is a part of praise. Did you neglect the area of sharing the gospel? with unbelievers.
Silence is the sound of God doing His work in your heart. So now let's stand and give Him glory for what He's done. You've been listening to Stephen Tillis, pastor of Emmanuel Baptist Church in Raleigh. For more information and free access to other messages, please visit us at ebcraleigh.com.